What's your process for developing someone? Like taking someone from where they're at now, wherever that might be in the organization or on your team, to where you need them to be. Because you see, as leaders, our ability to scale our team or our organization, the results that we've got to deliver, our ability to scale is absolutely directly proportional to our ability to develop people, develop leaders. The more we can develop people, increase their capacity, um, impact their ability to deliver results, the more we're able to scale the organization, right? And so what I've discovered is most people don't have a framework. Most people don't have a, a, like a, a, a certain amount of steps or a system for developing people. And I want to introduce you to one today. I want, I'm going to give you some, a framework that I want you to think about. I really, really like it. It's the five steps for developing people. And it's something that I've come up with in trying to develop people on my own teams, as well as trying to coach other executives and leaders to developing people on their team. So the five steps for developing people, that's what we're going to dig into in this episode. This is the class your business school didn't offer. It's the training your employer still hasn't provided. How do leaders like us get people to do what we need them to do so we can grow our results and live the life we desire? That's the question, right? This podcast contains the answers. I am Russ Hill, and welcome to Culture Hacks. So my brand new book, Decide to Lead, is launching this week, the week of um, November 15th, if you're listening to this uh, anytime remotely connected to when, uh, when this is made live, this episode, and we're offering a huge discount. You guys, we're going to lo- <laughs> as low as Amazon will allow us to sell the book for, the Kindle version, and the paperback version, we're going as low as they'll possibly allow us to go um, for this launch week, just to drive demand and push it out there, and and maybe make a few bestseller lists, um, and then we'll and then the price will jack up to its its normal amount. So, literally in the next few days, starting on Wednesday, in fact, Wednesday, November eighteenth, the Kindle version of my book will be um, on sale for 99 cents, which is almost painful to say. You have to understand that I spend hours and hours on flights and in hotel rooms and on my laptop uh, adding this story and taking that story out and then hiring an editor to go through. And that took weeks. And then they got that back to me and said, make these changes to the manuscript and finally got that to a final place and then hired a typesetter over in Australia and they did their magic. And then anyway, I know you don't care about all the details. I, I might do an episode here in the uh, in the next few weeks about going behind the scenes of what it takes to to write and launch a book. I, I, I may, I may not do it. I know most of you don't care, but a few of you or some of you might find it curious. Maybe I won't go into all the details, but do like a 10, 15 minute overview because it might be might be interesting to some of you. We'll, we'll, we'll see how I feel about that. But um, I'll spare you most of those details in this episode and just say it is crazy to realize, okay, I know it's uh, it, 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 the book's designed to be a quick read, easily digestible in just a night or two. Um, very simple. That's, that's intentional. I did not want it to be this, this massive, um, book that was filled with a lot of fluff. And so, um, I know it's, I know it's not the thickest book out there. I know it's a quick read, but 99 cents. Holy crud. You, you can't buy like a, um, 
a uh, a drink at the convenience store for that cheap. So <laughs> anyway, it's it's kind of painful to say the Kindle version is ninety nine cents because whatever. Anyway, and the uh, paperback version you can order starting Wednesday, November eighteenth. For I think it's five ninety nine. It might even be cheaper than that. I'm not sure what the lowest price was that we were able to get it to, but whatever the lowest price was, that's what we went to. So if you if you've got friends or family members or colleagues or members of your team that you want to order it for, do it this week because the price is going up quite a bit following this week of the launch. So. Um, that's, uh, I'm super excited about that. And I'll remind you in Wednesday's episode, uh, about that as well. So that, uh, that's the, the big news, this, this, uh, that's happening in my life right now, um, with, uh, with that book coming out. So anyway, let's get to, uh, the topic of this episode. And, you know, if you, if you talk to any leader, they'll say, yeah, I, I know that part of my, part of my responsibility as a leader as an executive, as the owner of the company, wherever you might be um, in your leadership situation right now, every leader will tell you that they know part of their job is to develop other leaders, but most of us aren't very good at it. And it's, it's not because we lack the intent. It's because, in my opinion, we lack a framework. We lack a process for what development looks like. In fact, if we were to have a quick conversation about that, we were to meet and I and and I said to you, and by the way, this is chapter, I've got to start memorizing what's in what chapter of Decide to Lead. This is uh, chapter three of my book, Decide to Lead. It's called Delegate and Motivate. And, uh, and I walk through, in fact, I tell the story of flying into Orlando, Florida, and going to a meeting with one of our clients, one of the companies we consult, and this uh, this company, none of you, most of you, would not recognize the name of them, uh, of this company, but they are the largest restaurant company in the United States. They own chains, several chains that you would recognize the name of. You've been there before. You may even frequent them. And so when I when I first went to their corporate headquarters, in Orlando, and I, I walked into this impressive building and then made my way over to what they kind of the training area where, uh, they, where thousands of general managers and regional executives and senior executives who join their company where they get trained. Um, when I walked into that area, there was this huge sign on, the, on one of the walls that said, leaders develop other leaders. I wrote about this in the book. You can, you can read a little bit more about it. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, of all the things that this company could put on the wall that they want the leaders of restaurants to know, they chose to put the statement, leaders develop other leaders. And I'm convinced that that should be a priority for anyone who wants to grow or scale their results. I don't care if you're a frontline supervisor, your next promotion is going to come in part based on your ability to develop other people, including your replacement. I talk about a a CEO who um, I've coached for years and has become a a friend. And in order for him to to move to the next level in his career, he needed to, to grow, to develop his replacement. As CEO of this 4,000 person manufacturing company, I tell this story in, in the book. 
And um, and so development is super important. I, I won't make more of the case for why. I hope I hope it's pretty intuitive. We all know it. But but here's the issue. Here here's what this episode's about. If we if we met or if we sat down and I and I said something about development, you you'd nod your head and go, Yeah, Russ, I get it. I understand that developing other people and leaders is important to scaling. And then, and then my follow-up question would be t- to you would be, okay, well, what's your process? What, 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 are, what's, what are the steps you take to develop people? And because I've asked that question plenty of times, I know that most of us as leaders don't have a good response to that. And I also know that development is each individual's responsibility like i no one took accountability well i can't say that it's actually not true there have been leaders i've worked for who have taken accountability or made it a priority to develop me but ultimately my development during my career has been whose responsibility right who who needs to make that a priority i do so i get it that it's the individual's decision to develop themselves but we as leaders can accelerate that process and help scale our results in our organizations and our teams by investing in the people in the development of the people that we choose to work on our team so i'm going to walk you through five steps that i've developed this is a framework i've developed i don't care if you use it or not but i think you you could get lots of value out of writing these steps down and then deciding whether you're going to use mine or modify this to fit you. And I think you need some framework if you're going to scale your career or if you're going to scale the results of your team. So let me walk through these five steps. We'll do this real quickly. Step number one, observe. So I hire you. I hire people on my team and this is natural. I'm observing people. I'm, I'm watching you in meetings. I'm watching you on the floor. I'm logging into virtual meetings and I'm, I'm observing, right? So this is somebody who is already in a management position or a, an individual contributor at any level of the organization, anywhere on the org chart, doesn't matter where you're at. I'm observing and I'm taking note of, wow, okay, that's interesting. That's, you know, I'm watching the results you produce. I'm watching lots of things. So I'm observing my first step in developing someone is observing them. Pretty intuitive, right? Then based on that observation, you may on my team move into step number two. You may not. I may observe things and I think, okay, they need a little bit more time to bake or they're not quite ready to, to move on in their career or to, uh, to take on additional responsibilities at, and when I say responsibilities, it could be a project. It could, it could be anything. So if I observe you and I think, oh, there's, there's a good amount of potential there. Step two is invite. So step one, observe. Then based off of that, if I see good potential in you as a leader, I'm now going to invite you. Invite you to do what? Well, lots of things. Invite you to certain meetings that you haven't been a part of before. Invite you onto a project team invite you to take on certain responsibilities, invite you to lunch, invite you to, um, to answer. There could be multiple things that I could invite you to do. So step two of my leadership development process or framework is invite. Now, once I invite you, let's say I invite you into a meeting. I want your perspective in either this ongoing meeting or this one-time meeting or project team. 
Once I invite you, my third step is I inquire. Great leaders, successful leaders, especially those who are able to develop others, ask tons of questions. And so after I've invited you to participate in projects or in meetings or whatever it might be, now I'm inquiring. I'm asking you questions. This is organic, right? Just in the normal cadence of a meeting. And when I'm inquiring, when I'm asking you questions, I'm making observations, right? And determinations based on how you answer those questions. And too many leaders are so quick to to fill the space with their own opinions that they aren't great at developing other leaders. Let me say that again. So too many leaders are too quick to make comments rather than ask questions, inquire to read the room to see if people on their team will answer in the way they would answer. You you guys, so much of the value that I bring to our clients, if there's any value I'm bringing to our clients and the executives and the leaders that I coach and consult, that value largely comes through questions I ask. I just actually take time to ask questions. And a lot of times in, in whether we're on the phone together or we're in a meeting together, I will, um, I'll ask a question and somebody will respond and say, well, what do you mean by that Russ? And I usually say, well, go wherever you want, answer it however you want, whatever comes to your mind. And the reason I'm doing that is I don't want to lead the witness. I want to see where do you go with that question? And, and, and I'm learning a ton I'm observing a ton by that. So step one, observe. If I like, if I see value there, then you move to step two, which is I invite you, invite you to different things. Once I've invited you, I'm observe, I'm inquiring. I'm asking questions and observing what you think and what's on the top of your mind. That's really, really critical to me understanding what your strengths and weaknesses and opportunities are. Okay, step number four. Once I've inquired now, based off of what I'm hearing from you, I may, if you move on to step four, I may delegate to you. Okay. So a lot of us think delegating is step one of leadership development. It shouldn't be. It absolutely shouldn't be. And in fact, I don't think it is. I think if you were really to break down your thought process, the way you determine who to delegate to, you'd find some of these other steps one through three. So step four is based off of my observations, my invitations to you, my inquiries, I may decide to delegate something to you, lead the project, take on this assignment, take on a new role, give you a title, give you responsibility, whatever it might be, I'm now delegating because I trust you and you've developed a certain reputation in my mind. So now I'm going to delegate to you. Then based on that delegate, oh, actually, let me say this differently. After I've delegated that to you, you move to step five, which is the final one. And that's I'm coaching you. And when I, when I built this framework out, I, I had a couple of hesitations with making coach or coaching step five, because of course you're coaching through each of these steps, right? But when I, when, when I observe you and then Im- invite you and then inquire and then delegate, now you're really on my radar. 
you you've moved up to a position to where now after I've delegated either an, a, a title to you, um, an assignment, a project, a responsibility, a task, whatever it might be, now I'm going to coach you. And a lot of leaders they stop developing people at step four. I moved you into this position. I gave you a title and okay, that's kind of it. Good luck. And if you fail or you don't do a good job, well, then I'm going to let you know, hey, you failed on that project. That's terrible. We can't, these results aren't acceptable. And then I'm going to make a decision on whether or not you stay or go, right? Well, no, 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 that's not development. Development is, I've delegated this to you. I don't expect you to bat a thousand. I want you to make mistakes. That means when you make mistakes, I know that you're innovating, you're taking risk, you're trying new things. And so now I'm coaching you based off of that. And then kind of a, a step 5.5, if you will, is as I'm coaching you, I may promote you. I may elevate you again. But really, this is, if you think about this visually, it's it's almost like a, a circle, right? A, a sequence of events because I'm actually doing all these things all the time. Once I delegate things to you, you're kind of moving back to step one. I'm observing and then I'm inviting you again and I'm inquiring and I'm delegating more to you based off of what I see. So I I wanted to offer you something to think through because I think that every successful leader that's able to scale their results and able to scale their own career, their own opportunity, they need to have a framework a process built out, step one through five, step one through three, whatever it is in your mind, it would be really valuable. I've seen this, you all, with leaders who, who, who over the course of my engagement with them, my interaction with them, consulting them over years and years or coaching them years and years, I, 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 I watch some really succeed. They, whether it's in the same company or in the same industry as they move from company to company or the, the leaders that I'm watching climb, climb uh, how can I say this better? Um, just get more opportunities coming their way and to grow their contribution and get on bigger stages. Most of them have a process or some framework in their mind for how they're developing people. So the, the steps here are observe, invite, inquire, delegate, and then coach. So a couple of things for you to think about in this episode. Um, What would be on your process? How would you adjust what I said? I'd love your feedback. If you've got some ideas on how to do that differently, or if you've built out a framework, which I don't expect most people listening to this, that you've done this in advance, but if you have, that's awesome. If you have some reaction to what I've said, some way to make it better, or there's a step or something I haven't thought of before, direct message me, okay? You know how to get a hold of me on LinkedIn. Um, the If you haven't connected with me already, just go to the the show notes, swipe up, swipe over, depending on what app you're in. You'll see the uh, the link there that you can tap on to connect with me on LinkedIn, and then you can shoot me a direct message. And I'd love to hear your ideas, feedback, adjustments to this, or whatever framework you've come up with to help develop other people. All right. Um, again, the book coming out November 18th, depending on when you listen to this, that may be in the past or it may be in the next few days, but this week, the week of November 15th. So starting on November 18th through the weekend, 
Um, my first ever book, Decide to Lead, The Four Questions Anyone Who Wants to Lead Others Must Answer, will be offered at the cheapest price it will ever be offered. 99 stinking cents, man, on uh, on Kindle. And uh, and five ninety nine, I think paperback. Maybe it's four nine. Whatever the cheapest price is on Amazon that we can offer, um, that's what that's what the team has done. So I'm excited for you to read it. I hope that uh, that you'll consider it worth uh, worth a dollar or uh, or five or six dollars. And I hope that if you find value in it, that you'll order copies for other people. This is a book that I wanted to give to my kids. I want them to read this as they go in and into their careers and into their lives because this is for parents this is for leaders of religious organizations it's for leaders of teams it's for a frontline supervisor who's 19 years old or 22 years old and leading a team for the first time in his or her career it's for a mid-level manager who just got promoted to vp and has taken over a new team and wondering man how do i how do i elevate my leadership skill it's for a senior executive who's got tons of years of experience but is not done trying to improve and strengthen their leadership skills and so i share a lot of stories in the book um stories of of uh, blood, sweat, and tear that I've shed over the years in trying to learn how to lead people effectively and stories of leaders that I've observed from the CEO level um, through every level of the org chart. And again, it's a quick read. You guys, this I designed it to be as easy as a lunchtime conversation. What would I say to you if you and I had lunch and you asked me, hey, Russ, um, what, what counselor or advice or coaching would you give me as I attempt to be a better leader based off of your own mistakes and your own observation of other leaders. So decide to lead um, is going to be on sale this week. Okay. um, That's it for this episode. And we, uh, I hope you're healthy. Hope you're doing well. And I'll talk to you in just a couple of days.